So here I am with Mr. Yaron Engler. Uh, Yaron here is a individual who runs a lot of men's groups and is also a musician. And Yaron, if you're anybody, you're someone who, if there's anyone who follows their heart and has never actually sold their soul out, it's definitely you. You've like hopped on airplanes and gone out to other countries. Um, you followed your musician path and now you're doing your thing. And your core message is basically around live life without regret, live your truth. Um, so basically I want to dive into all of that kind of stuff. It's a pleasure to have you here having a conversation. So to kick off, yeah, I just want to hear your story about the idea of living your path, doing exactly what you, your heart calls you to do despite the fears or despite what your head might be telling you. What's, what's been your experience with that or your story? First of all, nice to be here. Thank you for having me here. Um, to be honest, it's not that I always followed my heart. The reason why I'm so um, believing in it and trying to influence as much as I can people to go to that path, there are actually two reasons. One is my personal story. If I go back, there were moments in my life where I felt living in a lie, where I woke up in the morning and I was constantly lying to myself. I knew that it's not true what I'm doing, I convinced myself and I remember that pain. And through experiences in, in various forms of life, um, I slowly started to clean and cleanse all that. And now nobody's a saint. Of course, there are things that I'm doubting and stuff. But in general, you know, I feel that if I die today, I, I don't have any regret. I feel that I'm, 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 I'm doing, I'm failing, I'm acting, I'm playing. Um, and it's all part of the thing. But there is nothing major that I feel that will be shit, you know, like yeah. I should have done that. That's one thing. That's the internal one. The external one is, is the article that everybody um, knows, I believe, the, the five regrets of the dying. As someone who lives very much from my passion and what I love, not passion, fuck the word passion, because it's also it's a bit overused now. But um, living in truth, um, seeing that the number one regrets of, regret of people is not living according to my own inner voice living according to what other expect me it's it's sad yeah it's and there is a difference i think yeah the word passion really is overplayed and there's been a lot of really popular articles in the self-help world talking about you know less about passion and more about doing what works doing what i don't know you got to do something. And I know not every job's going to be all roses and rainbows and doing, you know, cartwheels into the sunset. There's a lot of shit stuff that's involved, like the accounting that you have to do and whatever else. I mean, um, a lot of people that are, you look on the outside that they're following their passion. They'll, they'll be the first to say it's not all passion. It's yes, I'm giving my gift and it's my truth, but you know, it's, I don't know. It's, it's an overused, uh, overgeneralized term. I imagine, you know, so yeah. what's, what's the difference then between living your passion versus living your truth? How would you tease those two apart? I think it's just that, you know, when things become mainstream, it pisses me off. And the word passion, like, I just I heard it so much. And, and I get it. But, yeah, it's what you say. There, there is a lot of times it feels to me like we're here, like, live your passion. Then everything, as you say, everything will flow and stuff. And it's fucking bullshit. Yeah. I, this is why I prefer the truth because deep inside under all the layers of bullshit under all the social masks that each one of us puts when we meet people um, under all these stupid conversations that we decide to talk about the weather in order just not to feel uncomfortable uh, being with someone without talking under all that there is something that is deeper and that is our truth things that we um something that is a, is a knowing which is deeper than everything and it can be about what I want to do in life it's about what kind of relationship I want to, to have it can be about a lot of different things and I think there is a difference between following that inner voice and unfortunately because we live in a matrix we are so being brainwashed not to go there everything around us is structured to take us away from our inner voice. It will be like everywhere we go, we'll have ads on TV, we will have ads on... Uh, you just walk in the street, you ha you're bombarded with 
things telling you how you should feel and how you should look like and that's one thing then you if you're working somewhere you have bosses or you have colleagues who will tell you this is success this is how you should be like and, and you're it's not always what you feel inside and then you sit with your friends and family and even the most intimate partner a lot of times have expectations from us according to what that matrix say yeah but once you, yeah once you find your inner voice which is hard the difficulties come in a different texture interesting yeah even though you're sitting there on the outside looking successful it doesn't matter that you're on antidepressants and that you're fucking miserable you know you're still according to like you said the matrix or from society and i think that starts as soon as uh childhood i think when you look at it school is was really based on creating obedience and creating workers that would be ideal for the industrial revolution and, and for factory workers. And essentially, it's been my, you know, my perspective that everything has been to really beat out that inner knowing, that intuition, and replace it with like sort of a distrust of that and replace it with a trust of your rational, mental, whatever you can sort of look at from a, a smart perspective even though it feels wrong, we sort of learn to push those feelings down, ignore them, you know, stop being emotional, stop being whatever, you know, use your head, think coolly. And of course, there's a time and place for it. And we'll talk about, about that a little bit later, the balance between your intellect and your heart or your intuition and your, your mind. But I think from the outside, if someone's listening to this and they've been, they spent a few years working in some cold, lifeless job, I think on the outside, at least the reason why I said it was because Um, They look at your life as being quite adventurous and quite, uh, I don't know, risky, risk-taking to go say, fuck it, to hop on the airplane, go live in another country, to go, you know, just pursue a career in music where I think, you know, a lot of people just would feel uneasy doing that because, you know, it's not guaranteed to make a good paycheck or who knows where it'll lead type thing. So it's funny that you say, yeah, I've, I felt like I've sold my soul and, and obviously, that's been your experience, but I think a lot of people might look at the way you have made choices and lived your life, and it's quite, yeah, you made decisions a lot of people, I think, wouldn't do, you know? That, that, yes, maybe in, in my specific story, in the career, it is like that, because I always knew that I wanted to become a drummer, and I became a drummer, and, and now I decided a few years ago that, oh, I'm interested more to do this work with men, so I started to do this work with men, so I'm following that, but... Take it to um, intimate relationships. Mm-hmm. I, I was in relationships that I, I wasn't living my truth. Sure. And um, that was painful. Mm-hmm. So, and it took me, I, so I understand the pain of being in that place where you're not living your truth. And, and it's really scary because it means hurting people. Yeah. It means hurting, going and living your truth means um, um, a lot of getting rid of people, habits, um, things that we do. And and that is a scary thought, you know. And a lot of people, I think a lot of people hurt themselves um, so that they don't have to hurt other people. So it's kind of like you make that trade off, right? And then when you hurt yourself, the way you show up to the world, you create, I believe that, you know, the way we carry ourselves, exactly what you say. If I hurt myself because I don't want to hurt others, the way I show up is weak hmm. or aggressive. A lot of people, it, we will either convert to something weak or some people take it, as you said, to aggressive. More money, yeah, I show off and stuff like this. But deep inside, there is so much pain, so much shit that wants to just ah, release. And this is why I love the, the, the work with men right now, because you're creating environments for men to come and... I, I don't know, for people who know the, the button of uh, normalize on, in music, when you edit music, you know, you have the, wa- the waves of the audio, like some of them are really loud, some of them are really low, and you want to create in order for it to be, to listen to it nicely, you just press this button, it makes kind of everything more balanced. And that's what I love about this work, because you have the people, anybody that will enter these workshops will come because they feel enough, enough. And the enough can come if I take the two edges of the enough. One of them is the people that, uh, you know, uh, a lot of people know the no more Mr. Nice guy. The, the people who are pleasing, who are very nice, who are very connected to their feminine, and uh, which I can very much relate. I've, I've, I've been there a lot of years. 
So they come and, and they usually will have problems with creating money, having structure, ta-ta-ta. And you have the guys that made tons of money, everything is under control, but they don't understand emotions. They keep hurting people. They don't understand how to deal with their intimate relationships. The, the kids, there is kind of distance. And what happens, you bring all these energies and everything that in, is in the middle, and it's like everybody balances each other, and it's beautiful. Yeah, and I think that they're coming to you because they're, even though in both those polarities you described, when you are the nice guy, and there's there's a bit of a pain there also, you know, oh, that, that's oh, calling oh. towards it. And then I think that on the outside, a lot of these guys fucking a lot of girls maybe or making a ton of money, very, like you said, aggressively out there, kicking ass type thing. But they're coming to you also because there's something missing. There's some There's some suffering there going on, right? And I'm sure they come from two different places, but I mean... Um, there is a lot of pain. Being a man, you know, men fuck up this world. The whole toxic masculinity that we live in at the moment, which is everywhere and it's very common. And Why don't and, you define that? I hear that word a lot and I still don't really know what people mean by that. I think I have an idea, but I'm curious, your perspective, how would you, yeah. what is toxic mas masculinity? Uh, well, it, uh, I don't know what people mean. I will say what I mean. Um, what I mean is, first of all, the place where I come from, um, I, I was born originally in Israel. It's a very aggressive place. It's a, gr a place where when I grew up, being a very honest, being giving, being kind is, is weakness. You can't really be that. But that was my natural way of being. But in the society, which like, come on, be a man. Ah, it's all kind of like, ah. And, 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 and that creates, so you feel that something is wrong. And it creates, there is so much lack of respect and it's abuse in, of women. It's, it's abuse of, of environment. It's, a, it's abuse of everything. The men think that I am the strongest. I am in control. Fuck everything. To spitting, throwing shit. It's, it's um, violence everywhere. Um, Donald Trump is a great example. I am the most important thing. So fuck this and fuck that and fuck that and look at me. Um, in opposed to healthy masculinity, how would you define that? Well, what I find, and after a lot of years of being around this and seeing this as, as this is how things are, so I'm, I'm not right with the way I live, suddenly learning more and spending more time with men, studying with my teacher, John, having my men's groups running, um, I notice what happens to men when you know when you can remove again all these masks of being too I'm the strong or I'm the wimp and you just create a balance and uh, so for me what it is it's about having clarity having kindness being really understanding uh, depth of life the evolving much more awareness which is a lot of men really challenged by it awareness of space and people that's something that, you know, I was always, you put me in a room, I don't need anybody to speak, I know what, what's going on here. That's a very feminine thing. Women very, are very sensitive to this. Sure. Men are not, but it is, yes, the, women might have it easier, but it is a skill that can de be developed. <clears throat> and, and, and it's, it's it, what I love about this work with men, it's like once you, you bring people into one room and you start exploring, it really covers all layers of life. And I can tell from myself, you know, I, I'm enjoying such a beautiful relationship with my wife right now. We almost split about a year and a half ago because of sex, lack of sex, which I blamed her again with my masculinity. And then through a very beautiful process, I learned, oh, actually, it's the way I show up. And everything changed now. And, and it's like it's such a beautiful place to be. Hmm. But it can be also around, you know, people, a lot of men that don't really know what the fuck am I doing with my life here? Like, so, yeah. like, spend time around purpose, spend time around money, spend time around relationships, spend time around so many things. And it's a whole. It's beautiful. And it's, it's, it's beautiful. It's just fucking beautiful. Yeah, for me, I think the key word is alignment. Um, when you're in alignment everything just falls into place because it just becomes very obvious what is in alignment, what's out of, out of alignment. I mean, it's a visceral body felt once you get to that stage where you're not living in your head all day, but you're actually 
able to sort yeah. of in a bodily sense just it's an obvious yes or no if this path or this path is for you and it's um i think it's a very primal thing that we've actually it's strange that you we should never have to learn this it should just be natural but i feel like we've unlearned it and then we have to as we develop as men relearn it or as humans and um but once yeah once you are a especially for a men's group, if you're holding that space and you're holding that point of clarity, I think that's where the normalization happens is because everybody else, we all, we all gravitate towards our own truth. And if someone's a placeholder for that, you start to just, uh, again, to alignment yourself, you know, and totally. if you watch someone like Eckhart Tolle and he's just sitting there, even some people just watching a brief clip of him on video for five minutes can just get you out of your neurosis and just get you in a place of alignment and like, Oh yeah, that's, that's my truth. That's my clarity. And, and it, the funny thing that it's so rare. It's so rare to find yourself as a man in a place where you spend time with other men in a, where you can really go to these places because it will be usually like, ah, let's go to the pub, get drunk, num, num, num. Or it will be, it never goes so deep. And for me to have, to create these spaces where I can tell you, I will give you the feedback that I really believe. Mm -hmm. Even if it will be fucking painful, I will tell you that because I love you and I want you to be the best version of yourself, another cliche. But I will tell you also when you're doing fucking amazing and when you are hard on yourself, I tell you, man, man, relax, you're good. And giving and receiving such an honest and open feedback, man, this is a life-changing experience for all the men that I've seen in this path with me. It's sure. amazing. Yeah, and I think that's that points to, for me, how I would define a the opposite of toxic masculinity is kind of like back in the caveman times, it's the... It's the, the man who, let's say, is, I don't know, is in a high status position and he brings in people to the cave kind of thing. And it's it's sort of like you, you do what's best for the group more so than yourself, even if it if it hurts them. Like you don't tell them what they want to hear, you tell them what they need to hear. And it's out of exactly. love and it's like you have the balls to actually call people on their shit. But it's coming from a loving place because you actually know what's best for them. It's like giving your good friend some some advice that hurts, but because it's easier to say nothing. But I think the level of masculinity that at least I aspire to be, or a lot of people, you know, in these groups, is that to reach that place where, yeah, you you do it to yourself and you just hold that point of clarity and truth, and you do have to have the conversations that are not very pleasant, and you have to say what needs to be said. But it is out of love. It is out of out of raising up the full, the whole group, the whole tribe, you know? That's exactly the place of truth. You asked about the word truth before instead of passion. And I think that's exactly the thing. Spending time with a group of men who would give you the honest feedback, you will have to face the truth. If it's pleasant or unpleasant, the truth is there because a group of men will know. And Deda, David Deda speaks a lot about it and I've seen it in, in, in everything that I do. I see it like... Men can feel your bullshit. Men can feel when you're in your truth and they yeah. will balance you. And it, if you're willing to go there, man, you're going to have an amazing experience. Yeah, it's so rare to find those kind of men in your life. And when you do, cherish them because they're, it's so valuable. Hope, it's, yeah. you, you, can go, you can go for months at a time and the, you know, typical person, the, person, the typical guy will just, or people won't call you on your bullshit because they won't see it or they, they don't want to create you know, tension, if you will. But yeah, David Data is a good example of that. His, his, his work is really about, you should always surround yourself by men that call you out on your shit out of love because they care about you, you know, and having those. Otherwise you put yourself in a weird bubble sometimes because we're unconscious to a certain of our, our stuff, some of our stuff, you know? Yeah. And so it's, uh, what's obvious for another man is completely unconscious to you. So it's good to have people give you that feedback and make you aware, you know? Indeed. All right, so I don't want I don't want you to break down all of what happens in your men's group, but just I'm curious, what is the main uh, objective that you have for men that come to you, work with you in your groups or the retreats or one on ones? Um, are you are you striving for that alignment? Are you I don't know what's what's the main push or the main objective you try to get when you when you got a group of men that you're working with? Going back to what we spoke about before, live your life without regrets. What does that mean to you? If you die today, where is that place that you say, oof, I should have said that, I should have done that, I should have not done that, I should have stopped that. It can be very different to every man. Um, but for me, this is the main 
force. You know, my experience with that, living out with the regret, <clears throat> you mentioned that if you died today, you would be content. And for me, I find that I, I'll go through a certain phase where I do everything I want to do. I sort of catch up to all of my ambitions or catch up to all of the things I want to do. And I reach that place where I'm like, yeah, I could die right now and I'm complete. I've done everything to date that I've wanted to do. I fulfilled all of these ambitions or desires or whatever. And then I enter another phase and I might lag behind that. And then I, I'll catch up and I'll reach another stage where I'm like, yeah, I'm now at the place where I could live without regrets. And it's, I don't know, for me, it's been that where I'll sort of not live up to my what I want to do with my life and then I'll sort of make a change and then I'll rapidly catch up and I'll sort of have a amazing two, three years of experience, whether it's traveling or whether it's sexual, whether it's whatever, um, ambition wise, achieving goals, it's sort of like it comes in. That's been my experience with it versus it being a day to day constant. That's been really hard for me to be like every day I wake up like, yep, no regrets today. Last week, no regrets. It's more like, yeah, those last two years, I would have died with regret. But because I went and did all this stuff, now I've caught up and now, I'm, you know, that's, that's in my experience. What's, what's your take on that? I, I, for me, that connects more to like accomplishing, like finishing goals. And when you haven't finished it, it feels like you live in regret. I don't think so. From what I, I know from you, you are on your purpose. You're doing things. And shit happens every fucking time to fuck you in the ass, in the ears, in the fucking mouth, wherever. It, it comes all the time, but that's not that. But are you clean in your heart or are you lying to yourself? Today, when the project is a bit stuck and really shit, how are you showing up to that? Are you showing up um, <clears throat> in a surrender mode or doing things that are against your values? And if you don't know your values, I suggest you go deep in that because, you know, that was a big thing for me. I was like, yeah, values, whatever, but, whoa, this is really big. But, you know, I've discovered, thanks to Chris, one of my coaches who really helped me. Um, Talk about he, him. You mentioned you mentioned more than once. So who who is No, the... Chris, I haven't mentioned. The, the, Chris is, an, is another guy. I have okay. many people to support. But Chris okay. is one guy that spoke to me about values and really defined what are the three main we, it was a long process to define what are the three main values and for me if anything that I do in my life now is not cover is not like the three values are not in it I let go interesting uh, because I will not then I will feel re regret if, if I if I do something against my own three main values and that really helped me to see things and Yeah, I can have a fight with my wife. I can be uh, in a shitty day with my kids, maybe, and and you know there are those moment, moment, moment things. But um, in general, is my heart clean? If I fight with my wife, am I willing to come to her and and, and sort it out? However, it needs to be sorted out at work. Am I like this work? You know, the con converting myself from being a drummer into this world and try to find the connection. It's a fucked up journey man i'm trying to figure out what the fuck is it that i'm doing every day but i have no regrets mm -hmm. because i listen to it's important for me more than just staying as a performer and drumming is as amazing as it is it's more important for me to go deep to this place right now and explore with men their truth it's just this is my truth right now my change again sure yeah, and That's also I think I think this values that you're talking about relates to David Data always says discover your purpose, live your purpose and make that your almost a staff in the ground that you've placed and you won't deviate. And I think that um values isn't a sexy idea. And a lot of people say, yeah, whatever, values, okay. And they just glaze over it, but um yeah, that can definitely be one path to just identify what that staff in the ground is for you that you I mean, I, I always say you don't really get to choose these things. They kind of choose you. You just uncover them to be like, oh, yeah, these are the three things that for my soul, like for better or worse, I got to do them and, and stand by them. So, yeah. And they're obviously going to be different for each person. Yeah, I like that. Again, I, I find and I'm really against all this kind of shit usually. But when I did it with Chris, Chris Gardner, his name, by the way, he's writing a book, which is called The Business Business Delusion. She's going to fucking sell everywhere because the business so delusion, business, business. We're all busyness. To oh, be busy. busy, busyness. Yeah, busyness. Sorry, my accent, you know. I'm, um, so 
I'm doing this work of values with all the people that I work with now because I see the the value of it in my life. It's it's really 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 powerful, and I like what you said that it chooses us and that we choose them. It's it's nice. I like that. Yeah, like did you choose drumming as your passion? A lot of people sort of say go, you know, I don't know, choose something to make your passion. No, it's kind of like I don't think that you know. Um, Steve Jobs could get away from computers even if he wanted to. It just like drew him in like a like a moth to the to the light kind of thing, you know. And so it's 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 a really good point though because I I since I remember when I was four, it was already drumming, drumming, drumming. But again, following my truth, what happened to me a few years ago, I had a very successful career as a musician. Mm-hmm. I've been touring all over the world, performing in the biggest theaters, performing with really amazing artists. A really amazing career but a few years ago suddenly this inner voice started to tell me like there is something more important that you need to do with your life so i could have said like a lot of people that i still see doing like oh i can't change career at my late 30s or whatever it's like no you have to continue ta 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 but i said fuck it and this fuck it is is hard man you know you go to i had to learn so many new things and it's not like I left a nine-to-five job that I hated. I, I really loved, still love, I'm still touring, I'm still doing it. But there is this thing that is more important. So this is the truth. So you just throw yourself into something completely new with all the struggles, which I know that you know. Unfortunately, a lot of people, a lot of men would ignore that in her voice and will continue with that career that is not, they, that's the, the path to regret again. Yeah. And I would do anything that I can to to just show them, hey, it's going to be risky, it's going to be muddy, it's going to be nasty sometimes, but it's going to be so fucking beautiful. Yeah, I, I think I've been questioning a lot of times, like what makes a man trustable and strong and attractive to the opposite sex? Like I think it's there's a very common link that someone that you as a man would trust to go to war with kind of thing is the same level of attractiveness that like generally women find for men. It's like once you've reached that level of quote unquote manliness or quote unquote strength or stability, whenever you see these pros, these grizzled pros have got it, that level of uh, maturity, if you will. I always wondered what, what builds that? What's, what differentiates someone who's still kind of an immature boy versus someone who's become a man? It's very subtle if you look at it, but I, I've come to the conclusion that um, I think it's the number of times that you've, dared to take those scary decisions and you stepped into that world you you stepped into a world of challenge and then you you conquered it essentially and then you've reached that level and you go to the next level of which is terrifying and then you stabilize in that next level and you've kind of conquered it i think the more times that you've done that it's got a direct correlation towards that you know elusive definition of masculinity or how masculine you are or how stable you are or, or whatever it is the people that tend to hand back, hang back and never actually even leave their their hometowns, they never take any uh, career risks, or they just you know relationship risks. They all stay in that same little safe bubble. They tend to be either immature, weak, or toxic masculinity shows up in those places a lot. So I think mm-hmm. you pay the price, but you get the reward. I think that's kind of like how it goes up. And then I don't know. I'm not sure if you agree with that or not, but when I look at people who. Totally agree with that. The men that I trust have had to go through those those rites of passage to actually achieve that place. You know, the, the it is that, but it, but I'm I'm also I'm not only a man of goals. I, I don't you know I know that goals are important and we need to go through all these things. But there are also the other things in in that for me are not less important. You know, I can aim to do this thing in my life, but how am I? What kind of a relationship do I have at home? And I, I don't, maybe you perceive that what I'm saying is about goals. And I really, at these, these days, I don't give a shit that much about goals. I mean, I do, but I'm not speaking about purely achievements of doing this or this. I mean, a lot of them are just inner journeys that you've had to just sort of conquer and go over some difficult stuff. And then you sort of get clarity around it. And it was no achievement on the outside or even maybe on the inside, but you've had to sort of like pay the price in terms of stepping into the unknown, stepping into the uncomfortable and then essentially owning it, getting clarity around it, conquering it in some way. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Measuring progress in that way. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That's my rant. Anyways, I want to talk to you about... Go ahead. No, no, I I agree. Yeah, I completely agree with you, though, that following your heart is 
painful in some ways. And often it's just the shedding of your ego when you start to doing something. And David Data talks about, if we want to talk about him again, is going to deeper layers of the onion. Sounds to me like your first, that layer, which was the most like, yeah, this is the it thing drumming. And you did it for a while and you, you know, lived that world and you really immersed yourself in it. And then now it's time to go to a deeper layer of the onion and go to the next true and true to the core, you know, where, and that's how our lives tend to unfold. But, um, with, with you saying that following your heart is painful, the, the topic we, we spoke about briefly in a, in a previous conversation is this idea I want to talk to you about, which is following your heart and how trustable is that? And following your heart versus following your head. And a lot of people, there's this common phrase, which is leap and the net shall appear. And I personally had experience where I did that and I got burned financially and I felt like I had for a long time, it took me a while to get over, like, actually, maybe following your heart isn't as trustable as I blindly thought it was. It's actually, you need to have an integration of a plan in place. So if you want to go to London, for example, you don't just sort of drop everything one evening, pack your bags and start walking due east. You actually have to go ahead and, all right, financials have to be in place. I had to set the structure in place so I'm supported. You book the flights, you take, you quit the job where you have to do, you set up a, you know, you, you sort of plan things out. So you're using your heart, you're going towards that direction, but you're using your mind to also create the foundation, to create the structure and framework so you're safe, so that you are, you're, you maximize the chances of not starving or, you know, killing yourself essentially. So I think there's a, now I think there's a balance, but I don't know. I think a lot of people, they feel fear following their heart because they feel like it's not trustable. Everybody. Yeah. Yeah. The, the net won't appear. How do you know the net will appear type thing? So what's your take on that? My take on that, I love the way you describe your journey. And, and you know, one that I spoke about my values before, one of my three main values is individuality. Because I believe that each one of us, as much as I believe that we are all one, ta-ta, talking about cliches and cheesy things, but I believe that each one of us is, is a beautiful uh, individual. And I believe, you know, you spoke about before, about the way schools kill us and we have the matrix that kills us what I do again is in this search towards not living in regret is to understand who are you so it I, I don't have a system that I work with people and I tell you this is what I like can't give you an answer right now tell you like oh so this is what you have to do because every person the net will appear it's just you have to make sure that you're jumping the right jump from the right place you know as as you say it's for some people it's about um, really just dropping um, and, and going. Some people are very needing the structures. Uh, there is so much conditioning also. So the first thing that I do again, I, I talked about it before, is cleansing and clearing. We carry so much shit on our back constantly. And it, the first thing in order to discover like where the fuck do I need to jump is to, you know, if you are drinking too much beer, if you are watching too much porn, if you're masturbating too much, if you're hanging constantly with people that you know that are holding you back, if you're, if you're constantly acting as if everything all right and you smile when you're in pain, all these things, we need to let go of them. That's the first thing. After that, because you don't, probably if you do all these things, you don't even know what the fuck, where you want to jump and what you want to do it. You forgot. You knew it, but you forgot. So the first thing is to cleanse this and then the inner voice starts to appear. You know, data speaks yeah. about st staying in silence for a long time. So it's, it's, I, every person is a whole beautiful, fucked up, complex, crazy, um, marvelous thing. What is your journey? What I will do, I will put a mirror in front of the person and tell him, you can look at me as the amazing guy who travels the world. No, here's the mirror. Are you willing to take this look at yourself and to remove those masks and to remove all the bullshit? Because I know that once you do this, it will be painful. It will be hard, but you will discover, you will find beauty and, and purity that is, is, worth it all i believe yeah and i find also that pain is usually a shedding process it's not it's not going to stay it's usually like something you're holding on to you have to let go of and it's more like it feels, it feels like an egoic attachment almost always more so than you know and the truest part of yourself can't be touched essentially you know i think it's always the 
when you let things go, sometimes it's painful, but I mean, yeah, you're just getting to your truer self. Um, yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I feel like people who are drinking a lot are jerking off a lot, smoking weed every day. They're basically self-medicating to numb what's coming up. And usually what's happening is that if you're in the wrong place, your body's telling you very obviously that because it's painful in the wrong relationship, in the wrong job, in the wrong. Yes. Life. So I've but used... mo most people are not aware of this because right. of the, so many years of doing this. And yeah. again, I don't want to use the word people doing it because I fucking do shit as sure. well. You know, I'm not saint. Nobody's a saint. You right. know, there, there are no saints in this world. But it's like, to what level are we having this experience in our lives to limit us from being me? Like, limit, I'm doing all this shit and I, where am I in all this? Or I know who I am and I fail sometimes and I masturbate sometimes and I even drink sometimes and I whatever. But there is a movement from the heart. No, even no. you. Yeah, of course. Everywhere. Of course. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, there's yeah. some people I think they look at their idols or these people that are authors of books and they think they're just these machines that never deviate. But come on. I mean, like, I think, uh, yeah, you were mentioning before, or I looked on your website and you were described by someone who you're associated with or worked with that you are beautifully unhinged. And I, I like that. It's like I was once at a restaurant. I saw a girl uh, waitress. She had a tattoo and it said it said beautiful disaster and i was like what does that mean and she was like that's what life like all these painful things were like these beautiful disasters and i was like that's that's such an amazing way to put it is that you embrace the chaos and the messiness of it all and yeah you don't try to clean it all up you just work with it and through it and that's part of it and uh i don't know i guess that's the point 100 percent. so um we talked a lot about the the what here, but the how. David, you 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 talked about it a little bit. David Data speaks about silence. He talks a lot about austerity. He says, and if you read um, Way of the Superior Man, he talks about the way to get to clarity for the masculine is basically to drop all of the things that you've been doing to cuddle yourself, to mask the pain. So he says, cut out everything from junk food to masturbating to overeating to drugs to having sex to cuddling to whatever it is that you're doing to sort of like self self soothe. He says, just omit those and use discipline austerity from that perspective and a lot of silence and just no bullshit stuff. No, everything that you read is only about truth. It's a very extreme um, discipline to to do it but i've done those practices in the past and they they work they even now it doesn't once i don't know i, I feel like i've reached a place where i only need about 10 minutes sometimes to really get myself back clicked into place about what my priorities are what in my on my on my plate what's the bullshit and what actually needs to be done you know um so that's that's one approach and i guess he talks about other ones but do you have any other approaches that you want to share like how some guys are like yeah I get it. Clarity is what I want, but how the fuck do I do it? How do I get to that place? What else well, is there besides without? What else is there besides discipline and austerity and sitting like a like a monk and just I don't know. I don't. Sense. You know, I like I like Data's approach with this. I think he, he's totally you know he proved a lot that it works and. Um, yeah, I think it's and it's very much connected to this cleansing and clearing that I spoke about. Sure. This is the first step get rid of all this thing another thing that i really like with data that he speaks about it also you know you can convert all these things into a yogic experience as well so masturbation let's take masturbation sure it can be wonky 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 or it can become a practice that you do in order not to come how much time can you spend with your woman without coming yeah. and then you can create more pleasure for your for your woman um, drinking, you know, he, sp he speaks a lot in, this, in his conversation how his teachers made him completely fucked up drunk, but can you stay completely present despite the fact that your body is completely fucked, but can you keep, so you can convert all those bad habits into sure. a yogic experience, which is a beautiful thing to do, very challenging, it requires a lot of practice, but as you said, I agree, I think that's a big part of this work, creating uh, uh, practices a lot, and it's again, we won't get into the details now, but having constant practices, either that you spend some time doing or observation practices, which I really like, constantly during the day, how am I showing up right now? You know, ta-ta-ta, this is essential to create these changes in life. 
in whatever, if you want more focus or clarity or if you want to, to, to fuck your wife in a better way that will actually please her and she doesn't need to fake your, her orgasms anymore or <laughs> if it's uh, about your relationship with your kids or if it's um, the way you show up at work, it's about everything. How do I show up? How much of my heart am I giving here? How open I am? These are beautiful practices. Absolutely. And I always think to myself with my own addictions, whether they're big or small or whatever, I, I, if, and advice I would give to anybody who's struggling with addictions is if you can't stop yourself from doing it, just start watching it. Just pour all of your attention on everything. Like what was the thought that made you actually want to go for the drink or the cigarette or whatever? Like what was, what's the thinking and sort of like, Oh yeah, that thinking made me go to it. And then as you do it and afterwards, did you actually get what you thought you were going to get out of it? And just be aware through the whole thing. And you'll find that the whole thing shifts a little bit and you can turn it absolutely into a yoga practice that is the same as sitting there and just, you know, being like a monk and not moving. Also spending also time with the men. Yeah. If you are in a group, people will help you either to accept it. As you say, just you're doing it fine. Just let yourself do it. Be addicted. But don't be addicted and trying to pretend that you're not. Just sure. go full on be addicted. Yeah, embrace That's, it. You know, exactly. And, and get, get this honesty and support from the group of men. It's a beautiful thing that helps, as I've seen many times, shift things around. And not your asshole buddy that just goes and goes, yeah, whatever. Like high quality men that are actually working on this shit themselves. You know, <laughs> sometimes not, it, not everyone's going to be helpful. Um, also, I would say discipline, martial arts. Um, weightlifting, running, I don't know, whatever it is for you that if you've got a certain limit and you have to push past it, you have to call upon certain um, qualities of yourself in order to reach that state. And calling upon those selves will usually awaken also more of your clarity and truth. And testosterone levels is a big deal of it too. I think if you get your testosterone a little bit higher, you'll just actually be more like in control and just more, I don't know more willing to cut out the shit in your life that doesn't serve you instead of worrying about how they're going to feel in this and this, you, you sort of reach a more boldness with testosterone. I think a lot of guys don't leverage it enough, you know, they, and sometimes you have low test levels. You wonder why you're not taking charge of some things and clearing out certain stuff that you need to. And just having, cause it's not fun a lot of the time to do these things. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, if I look in general, again, if I have to put it in, I took the two extremes of men that we spoke about before. So for the men who are um, the um, the uh, no more Mr. the nice guys, for these men, it's usually a lot of work from uh, from the hips down to feel the legs, to really connect with earth, to really stay more grounded. It's a lot a lot of work that we do embodiment work, which is intense in order for yourself to, to because these people are ha 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 here so you have to bring the energy down so to feel more solid and 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 it's amazing to see and i'm very much i'm still speaking like that you know that's my tendency and i i learned a lot i'm failing here here failing because i get excited but i learned and i see how it impacts my relationship with my wife when i slow down Sure. And you, literally, the pitch of the voice drops like an octave down. It's fucking amazing. When I finish, every time I finish a men's workshop, a weekend, my voice becomes very fucking sexy. Yeah. So this is for these guys. For the guys who are in their head, who are very, um, not in their head, but you know, people who are very grounded, very structured. If you speak to them, it's like, okay, so we're going to do this by 10 and 10. These guys, it's about opening their heart. Sure. It's about giving them activities that will make them move more mad feminine energy. And will be more expressive, more sensitive to start f- sensing other things than structures and money and this kind of thing. It's a beautiful journey for both. Sure. That's interesting you say that, that the, you attract these two polarities and probably everything in the middle. But like the sort of the spineless guy type thing that's super nice but doesn't actually have his, I don't know, like you said, from the waist down, those qualities. And then you get the guys who are don't have access to their feminine energy and that they're kind of coming together and doing the same practices, you know? Um, also I like that your approach is different. You were mentioning before, like how, you know, content versus experiential teaching. There's such a profound difference between them because I think, I don't know, sometimes content and ideas have their time and place, but there's also a lot can be done when you have a physical in-person um, workshop or or practice and doing like you said doing actual embodiment experiential um, practices and 
and processes, you know, that you just can't get from reading a book. You can't get that from watching a DVD or whatever else. So, I mean, talk about that. What's, what have you found has been, uh, maybe you, you deliver both cause some content and plus some other experiences, but you, what did you find has been like the, the shifts that can only be achieved by doing experiential embodiment practices, you know, in those workshops, for example? Um, you know, to, taking it back to living life without regrets, um, uh, what do we remember in this lifetime? Do we remember all the information that we received before we die? Or do we remember when we went to that trip or when I did this workshop or when I opened up the way I've never opened up in front of that person? This is what I believe people remember. At least this is what I remember. So why the fuck do I need to spend? There is so much information going on. Ooh. And everybody, everybody's right and everybody contradicts itself, which means that everybody's wrong. Yet, you know, the real research proves that X, so everybody's doing X, but then if, uh, it, it used to be three years after. Now it's a week after. Oh, but it's wrong. And I'm, I'm, I had enough of it. It probably, for me, it's a pain that I carry from school. You said schools killed us. You know, I remember when I had to learn for exams in school about what happened on the 29th of October, 1823. I honestly don't give a shit. And even if I remember it, what what real value does it, and I, I believe that we need to know what happened, and da, 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 but why is the focus on that instead of, for example, let's take it to schools, to kids. Why do we learn about what happened on 29th of whatever in 1829 instead of, or focusing on that instead of teaching kids, how do you change a light bulb? How do you put a shelf straight on the wall? How do you uh, connect uh, uh, without words with another person? Nobody taught me that shit. And then you come out to life and you have to figure, you have to figure life, you have all this information, but real life, we have to figure it out by ourselves. Why? Yeah, I think schools, one of the big purposes is to to give you a black belt, to make you a fucking ninja at doing shit that you hate. If you think about it, it just starts a little slowly and it sort of builds up. And by the time you're in middle school and by the time you're in high school, you've just become really, really good at being able to force yourself to do stuff that you hate. And I, when you unwind it, like I have, and you start following your passion or whatever, you start doing the things that open you up, you'll find that your tolerance for doing actions that are against what your, your inner soul is willing to do or just doesn't even match up with who you are and stuff you become less and less capable of actually doing that work you be and i realized i think i think uh kids if they never went through this process of school they'd be even even harder to convince them to go to a fucking dark factory for 10 hours a day and punch holes in sheet metal and come back the next day and do the same thing all day. Like to get people to do that monotonous work, you have to basically groom them. And I think that's a big part of school is to get you doing projects about bullshit and nonsense that you don't want, but your grades are dependent on it. And then if you get bad grades, it means that you're going to be a fuck up in society and this and this. So like it's a, yeah, it's a grooming system to get you to the point where you get kicked out age 18 and you're willing to do shit that you hate and love it. And ask for more. Um, I had a question for you about um, your drumming, to change the subject here a little bit. Drumming and inner work. You obviously have drum sets behind you. It's it's been your career. And I notice on your website, you often talk about how you integrate the two. And so you, you sort of... Um, you do some work with with musicians, and you you are, and then you also do a lot of work with men's group. Most people might not see the connection, myself included. So I'm curious, in your mind, in your in your work, how do you kind of see the relationship between music, drumming specifically, and also this inner work that you do with men, and you support them with, and the experiential aspects you you talked about before. I love this question. I don't know how much time we have. I can go along on this one because I'd say it's, again, as I said, I'm figuring it out as I go. You have 30 um, seconds. That, go. Oh, fuck. <laughs> um, first of all, something, you know, a lot of the embodiment work that we speak about in the men's, you know, connecting to with the legs, awareness, it's things that I have done all my life as a drummer. You have to, and again, I did a TED talk, which I spoke about, you know, the way we teach, it's very much connected. The way music is being taught 
is if you're the student, I'm the teacher, you will come to me and I will show you something. You take it home, you practice it, you come back to me, you show me what I showed you, I tell you, great, I give you another thing, you go home and the process continues like this. Where the fuck are you in all this process? And then there are so many musicians who sound the same, feel the same, and there is no individuality, which is, again, I said, is one of my main values. And I, for me, it was kind of like, wow, it's so in the music world, it's another matrix that I cannot have musicians really open up to those beautiful layers. So I started to find, oh, so it's actually a different type of work. But I'm using all these elements of the embodiment work that I, I, I know how to make, you know, it. And, and with the drumming, it's a matter of millimeters that I just need to change something very, very small in my hand to make a huge impact. So that's one thing. The other thing is drumming is a very physical thing that allows people to really open up. You know, it's, it's much easier to let someone go bonkers and release anger, release tension. If that person has a drum, you don't need to know how to play just. Just you tell them, just bash the shit out of this thing. And it's, you know, it's not a violin or something that you, you need a lot of, um, just to make the first sound, you need a lot of practice. No, drum is just bang it. That's, that's one thing. Um, Plus good rhythm. Someone who hasn't got rhythm in their souls, it's like, stop playing the drums, please. We all have, yeah, we all have rhythm though. We all have rhythms. And again, it's, it's a very, it's a very, um, it's a very another very deep beautiful thing talking about drumming in this context what i have now is a big vision i have a big vision and i want to create a piece i want to take a thousand men on a journey and the journey will be um everything that we speak about here in this conversation around the men like discover yourself unfold your heart come out of your head connect with your heart become stronger if you are if you are the the, the guy that is more all over the place doing all this very intense work with men to really make them live life without regrets. And the process will be through music. And I want to create a piece of music which will be something that in one of my men's group I did with uh, one of my, my friends from the group, Bruce, he, he, he taught us a whole workshop about doing the haka dance from New Zealand, which is seeing it is amazing. Doing it was even more amazing. And I love this energy and i love the fact that it comes it's so masculine it's so aggressive but it's an offering of love actually if you understand what's going on yeah it seems like that has to come out and it, there's very few outlets for it and this is one of those few where you can really let it out and it's a display of, of exactly inspiration, so, so, so allowing men to to express this and most men won't be able to because the society doesn't allow men to show anger because we cannot show anger. It's either it goes out in depression, suicide, or being a fucking dick and aggressive. Yep. But if we create spaces that people, can, men can just come and take it all out, expressing all that in a very healthy, kind, loving way. I love this idea. So I have this crazy vision of a thousand men doing a drumming piece that is a little bit on the style of Hakka. Yeah. And again, I believe in individuality, so it's not going to be haka. I don't feel that someone like me who is traveling my own journey needs to do something traditional from a place that I love what they do, but I can't do it the way they do. I'm not connected emotionally to the way they do it. So I will take the, the essence of it and I will create something of my own. And I want to invite a thousand men to join this journey. It's a completely fucked up, impossible idea. <laughs> but... I follow my heart, so I'm somehow I'm going to make it happen. I started to have some conversations. It's starting to move. Um, it's fucking scary, fucking excited. But this, for me, will be the moment where the drumming and the work with men finally, because until now it goes in parallel, but I, I would like it to join. And I think it will be... I, I love this idea. And I, yeah, there's something that, that happens when you get a lot of people together, and whether it's a choir in like the... There's a few different, there's a few different uh, choirs that get together, something like 500 people or something like that. And you always, or if it's someone that intention doing the like the haka dance, like you said, is always you get some chills. You always get like that collective energy just balls up together. So yeah, I'd be very fascinated to see what the end product would sound like, with, you know, a training process going through all the steps and the end product of what the final piece perfected would sound like recorded. To be like, could be very. Very it's more than it's more than how it will sound like. It's how it would sound like, how it will feel like, how it would look like, and more important to me is what would be the impact of this. Because I believe that putting a thousand men 
With this level of connection, love, intensity, and openness, the this thing will have an impact. First of all, on on like you know, these people will come out of this, and they will have impact on families, friends, and stuff like this. But just to connect this kind of energy in one space to do something like this. Yeah, no one's doing that these days. No one's actually giving that style of, of expression. You know, it always seems to be like it's very, you know, it's either rock or it's this category, it's this category, but there's very yeah. few that are bringing that, what you're describing. Uh, you know, you, uh, I think in one of our conversations, you mentioned the, the thousand rock band in Italy, which I think is fucking amazing what they did. It's yeah, I think so they got like, beautiful. for people that don't know, I think I, you can find this online. I think it's like yeah. a Nirvana song or a Metallica song and they basically got about 300, 500 drummers together and they all jammed out together. I think they're all no, no, professional. For the drummers, it was a rock band, so they had a thousand, I think, musicians, uh, guitar, okay. bass, drums, singers, and they did the first one I saw is Foo Fighters song, and it's so beautiful to see because, as you say, there is something in, in doing something together which we lose in our world. It's all about me, me, what the fuck you kind of thing, and the shared effort is beautiful. What I want to do though, that 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 gig of Nirvana and Foo Fighters is is cool. It's really cool what they did. I don't want to go to the cool place. I would like to bring people into the deeper layers of life to go into, to really discover who you are. It's more than, it's much more than connection. And it's for me, it's, it's the most important message, which is part of what we are doing here. Men need to know that they have a space where they can feel safe enough um, one of my clients told me this week, and I loved, I loved uh, what he told me. He said he's confronting now a grief that he, he never actually allowed himself to, to, to express. And he said, he said to me, I'm strong enough to be weak. Which is, was like I said, I told you, I'm going to fucking quote you on this one. His name is Ed. And it's about creating a space for people, for those who are strong to allow themselves to be weak, for those who are all over the place to get stronger. I think what we are doing here is so important. And I believe that a project like this thousand will create also a very big impact to let men know this exists for you. Stop being by yourself. Stop trying to prove that you are wrong. Stop fighting with yourself. Stop judging yourself. Spend time with men who can support you. Spend time with men who would show you better than you can ever see yourself. They can show you all your blind spots. They will support you to be better. They will support you when you're doing amazing successes. They will tell you how amazing you are. They will call you on your bullshit to love you so you can clean that and become even stronger. Your relationship will be better. Your sex life will be better. You will enjoy much more your daily life, your work. You will understand what you're doing here. Life, again, will kick you in the ass constantly. It will fuck you in every hole that you have in your body and will invent some new ones probably. But still, there is walking in this journey of life in, in, in a lie and alone and in darkness. And there is walking in life which is scary, which is challenging, but it's, it's beautiful and it's clean and it's light despite all the challenges. The invitation for what we're doing here and for what I want to do with this project is for men to know that it exists because men, most men, don't know. Preach, Jan, preach. Yeah, fuck that, man. <laughs> Sorry, it was too much, but I really believe in that and I have strong... It was not too much. It was the. It was not enough, actually, Nelskin. No, I absolutely, and I, I couldn't have said it better myself. Um, and also, yeah, once you go to that place, you realize that it's not that scary. It's not that bad. It's actually really amazing and you don't get punished for it. And suddenly, but you have to go through those stages of actually like doing something that you've never done before and exposing yourself in that way, expressing yourself in that way. And then once you do, you're free like a bird. Yeah. Full expression is one of my core values that I always embody and stuff. So I'm always like, I constantly interested in saying, no, 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 express it fully. Now's your, now's your chance. Let it all out. It's what life's all about. Yaron, this has been a pleasure to speak with you, to dive into your brain, into your insight, into your energy. And how can people find you? Um, the easiest places are you have my website, which is www.yaronangler.com. Y-A-R-O-N-E-N-G-L-E-R.com. Yeah. Yes. And the same, you can find me on Facebook. So if you put my name on Facebook, I will pop up. Just type that bitch in and press enter, yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know how many around anglers are there in the world, but probably not too many, so you can find me. Yeah. Well, again, a million thanks. I really appreciate your time here today, sharing this with us. I think it's been a very helpful, enlightening conversation. It's been a pure pleasure. Thank you for the chance to um, spread the word and keep doing what you do because it's fucking important. So thank you. Yeah, man. Great. Great. Have a good one. Also, yeah, you mentioned you have something coming up this uh, these next few days. You have a workshop coming up, right? Yeah, well, next, uh, where are we in April? So in May, uh, 6th of May, for anybody in London who is interested in all these things that uh, we've done, um, I'm doing a full day workshop in May in London. So it, the details are on my website. Feel free to get in touch. I'm more than happy to um, you know, answer questions. And uh, the men's groups are running. I have online groups and I have groups that are meeting in London. So, you know, if you're interested in that, the information is on, on the website. And you have any questions? Yeah, just go to the website, ask you some questions where you're at, and we'll go from there. Cool. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Until next time. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. All right. Have a good one, man. Bit of pleasure. Ciao, ciao. Bye. Bye-bye.